Hey yo, Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb. Yeah. J Will. Yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk green work, repping it all over. It's right on the t-shirt. Fan for a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Cause if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show, yeah. Wrestle, flow, 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 yeah. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Wrestling Reverb. I am Josh, and unfortunately this week, Kevin could not be here, but I think, now this could be wrong, but I think I have the perfect Kevin replacement just for this week, my special guest co-host, I guess you could call this person. Um, She's been here before. She's been here a couple of times before. It's the one and the only, the queen of any queen. You're my you're my Kevin this week. How you doing? Uh, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be your Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can be the people. I guess you can be the uh, you can be the Philadelphia guy for the week. <laughs> I will do my very best to adopt a a Mid Atlantic mentality <laughs> instead of a New England mentality. <laughs> All right. Well, how are you doing? The, oh, it's morning time for me, but you've probably had a whole day. How are you doing this fine evening for you? I guess. I am just fine. I am fed. I had dinner. I feel good. And now I'm here talking with my favorite Aussie ever. I'm so excited. That would be that would be me. She's talking about everybody, just to clarify. Right. <laughs> it's been a um so usually usually I would record with Kevin later in the week, but as everyone has been very familiar with, I have been hyping up the fact that I am not at work for three weeks, so I'm going on an impromptu trip away for a few days, so I'm, I'm only home for earlier in the week. I'm not taking anything with me. I'm just kind of zoning out for a few days and just taking some time for good old Josh, so that's why I'm recording a little earlier in the week, so we're not doing any NXT talk or any Raw talk or anything like that. We're actually sitting down, what, an hour and a half before raw queen so that's we right got, we got we got no current news in our head so i was like hey what's coming up very soon what's there's a little bit of a big week going on next week in wrestling with aew mm-hmm. dynamite starting we got nxt now in full gear um we've got a, a little uh, a network change i believe there's a one smackdown going to fox <laughs> which is kind of a big deal <laughs> um if, you, if i say so myself it's a yeah. for anyone so for all my Australian um, listeners, Queen, Fox is probably one of the bigger networks in the United States. Is that correct? Yes, it's one of the bigger ones. And it's pretty much available to everybody, yes? Yep, pretty much. So um, would you say that in the terms of between USA and Fox, is Fox a bigger network than USA? I would say yes, just in its terms of the programming and everything that they offer. Um, USA, for me, is more of a, like, it has some TV shows on it, but normally they show a lot of movies and then, of course, our wrestling stuff. Fox is more TV-oriented, sports-oriented. It's got a bigger umbrella, if you will. Okay, so... Pretty much, it's in in layman's terms. It's it is a big, it is a pretty big deal in every sense of the word. Um, now, yeah. Queen, 
when you let's rewind back to whenever this was first announced, um, what was your kind of initial reaction when WWE announced that SmackDown is going to be moving to Fridays and going on Fox? Ooh. When I first heard this news, I said, you picked what day? Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> like, honestly. <laughs> Friday? I go, why in the world would you pick a Friday? Mm. I'm like thinking about this and I'm like, okay, well, Fox, they have a lot of programming on. Like I can kind of see why they do Fridays, you know, and I know a lot of other you know, people are doing Friday night stuff. And I just, for me, it's like, oh, that was a tough notification that this is what they yeah. were going to be doing. The Fox thing doesn't bother me. I actually think their programming is more edgy and they're going to yeah. be able, I think, to kind of go more towards the PG-13 type vibe, okay. which is which is cool. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But the Friday thing for me was a big, oh, I don't know. <laughs> It is a rough day. Well, it's Saturday morning for me, which is even probably even worse. So, I mean, I'm never going to really be able to watch SmackDown live anymore. Like, it's just not going to be a thing. Like, it's just, I work retail. I I just can't do that. But Friday, when I initially, well, it's not like SmackDown hasn't been on Fridays before. However, it's never been live on a Friday night. It's it's a live television program um, every single Friday. Um, When I first kind of initially heard about SmackDown moving to Fox and going to Fridays is that across the board with there's always negatives, but it's a pretty big deal. Like I know enough about um, Fox to know that they don't really just put anything on their network. Well, I'm under the impression they don't just put anything. And like you said, um, much more edgier content and, and whatever it needs to be. But you know, it's not only the, the fact that SmackDown's moving to Fox next week, it's also the 20th anniversary of SmackDown. And mm. really, this is a pretty big week in wrestling. I know you guys will hear this on a Friday and, you know, whatever happens, happens. But this is really the last week of standard, you know, what we know is the norm of WWE programming, at least for the last couple of years, it's been the norm. And not only that, it's pretty much the last, well, at least in my mind, you can disagree with me if you want, Queen, but... It's pretty much the last week where Raw's presented as the A show. You know, it, in in that way, because it's on the same network and they're not back-to-back anymore, it definitely gives an opportunity for SmackDown, as it's going to be called now, SmackDown on Fox. Yeah. It's not really SD Live anymore. No. So it's it, that's interesting in and of itself. And I, I think they're trying to give it its own identity in a way to quote unquote compete more with Monday Night Raw. What's interesting though is that we have now once this starts, right? We're gonna have Raw on Mondays on USA. We'll have NXT one hour on USA, one hour on the network. And then Fridays you're gonna have SmackDown. So if you think about the progression, it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well that's yeah. kind of interesting. And then it you add pay per views, right? It flows. It it flows quite nicely to be like, it sounds like you're not watching wrestling every single day. It's like, Oh, I'm just watching it every other day. Sure. And that gives like a little bit of a break and it's not yeah. like, so, you know, close together. Cause it is, it's 24 hours apart yeah. uh, on USA. So it definitely gives it a chance to do that. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be the a show. I don't know. I'm, I'll be real. I don't know if it's yeah, going to come out of the beast show status because of where they're putting it. Everyone's going to watch on replay. You know, there will be people that can watch live. And sometimes if I'm home, I'll watch live. But nine times out of 10, I'm not around on a Friday night. 
Yeah. So Ooh, everyone's got lives. <laughs> we got lives. You know, we got stuff to do. Like, you know, I'm not the only one. But for me, I'll watch like Saturday morning while I'm eating breakfast and I'll catch up that way. So like for you and I and everyone else who's in this podcasting world, the way we approach SmackDown has to be totally different. And that I think is a little bit weird in and of itself and could contribute to, you know, not not us specifically, but the the date and time uh, can contribute a lot to whether or not it can be an A show or not. That's true. I never really thought of it that way because, you know, Raw has... Let's talk about Raw for a minute, just in the history Mm -hmm. of Raw. Raw has been, what, going since 1993. So it's been around, you know, a little bit before SmackDown, of course. And it's always been presented as their flagship. Raw is their flagship. It's their staple. Um, Even, you know, with the initial brand split back in 2002, Raw was always just presented just that one step ahead of SmackDown. It was always presented live. You know, SmackDown was on tape. Um. So when we look at the future of Raw, you know, everyone's talking about NXT and everyone's talking about SmackDown moving to Fox, at least in WWE land. Um, Where does this leave Raw's, you know, if you were on the Raw creative team or just, you know, a producer of Raw or someone in the backstage area of Raw, where does that leave your mindset? Because it's not like anyone's really talking about Raw at the moment. They're all excited for other prospects. Yeah. And that's, I think, a great time and opportunity to be the sleeper and to come through with something really strong. You know, when everyone else is talking about someone else, what do you do? Make a splash, right? That's true. To get noticed. And that would be, a, if I, if it were me, I would be like, okay, everyone's talking about NXT and SmackDown. That's cool. But don't forget about me. Right. And yeah. I, and I have something cool to offer you as well. That's how, that would be my take on it. But also, I think another thing they have to really think about is they've been relying a lot on this very controversial wild card rule for a very long time. It feels like yeah. <laughs> you know the, 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 several months of this, right? <laughs> they flowed fluidly between shows, um, these superstars. And I'm wondering, does this split really give us two separate brands? And if so, and if that's the case, then how is Raw going to take how they draft, how they're going to draft, which is coming soon, how they're going to do that. Uh, Like, how do they take their draft and make it have a statement? And how will SmackDown do the same thing? I think that's going to be really important, how they decide creatively what they're going to do with this draft. And if there really isn't any more wild card rule, because they are on two different networks and things are different uh, in in that vein. And we only really get, are like, are we going to get the SmackDown versus Raw pay-per-views again? Like, how is this going to go? I guess is is the questions that come to my mind when you're asking about Raw. It's, it's immediately like, okay, well, how are they going to do that? It's a little strange. Yeah, it's not only that. I know that, you know, you can't really take anything WWE says. I know that they've said, you know, over the last few weeks that the wildcard rule is coming to an end. They're going to be brand mm-hmm. exclusive. But, I mean, it's not hard to, for them to turn around and be like, yeah, just, just kidding. Um, JK, but, yeah. So, so, you know, I'll take that when I see it. But, however... Mm-hmm. We talk about SmackDown, we talk about Raw, and, you know, if they really are truly brand exclusive, you know, in WWE's mind, they've got to come out with a splash on Fox. They've got to get, you know, ratings and everything else that goes into it with the new deal. How is it going to be, you know, they're going to present probably their biggest stars on Fox, you know, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, et cetera, et cetera. You would think would be presented in more of a Fox world. 
than, you know, what they already have on Raw. But you still have to have stars on Raw and SmackDown. They have to, there has to still be some form of a divide of main event talent and stuff because mm-hmm. you still got two shows to, to steer here. Um, right. But regardless of all that, it is, in fact, the 20th anniversary of SmackDown Live. It started in August of 99, so we're a little bit over the 20 years, but, you know, whatever. Um, whatever. It's <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, you know, SmackDown has had some incredible moments over the years. SmackDown was really, I guess if it was in, if we had the initial brand split now, SmackDown would be the internet darling show in 2002. In that world, it would be, it was very much the wrestling show more so than Raw being a little bit more entertainment driven. You had the SmackDown 6 originally back in 02, 03, and you really had like the cruiserweight division. You had a lot of talent building on SmackDown. You had, you know, the initial run of Brock Lesnar was really stapled on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. When you originally watched SmackDown or, or whenever you kind of, you know, decided that, you know, SmackDown was really... well. First and foremost, what's your opinion on SmackDown back in the day? Were you a SmackDown person? Were you more of a Raw person? It's kind of funny because, you know, it's it's really started with The Rock in a way, like yeah. what he said. Yeah. And uh, it sort of created this second program. And for me, I, I love The Rock. And there were so many cool things that he was bringing to the table that was unique and fresh and so full of charisma that when they started this and he was on it, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch it, you know? I'm like, yeah. all right, like, yeah. I, I'm in, like, let's go. So I, I really did like SmackDown. It kind of felt like, in a way, like Raw was your, like, main event concert, like, of your favorite band. Yep. And then SmackDown was, like, your secret love opening act that you were, like, oh. so excited to see there. And you knew that they were going to be, like, the big time in like a year or two. That's kind of the vibe that I had with it. It was kind of like, I, it was kind of like, I, I don't know, like an underground show in a way. Uh, it, it had that really kind of cool new vibe when it started. At least that's how I felt and how I took it. And they had so many iconic <laughs> moments yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, so many like cool programs and, and storyline and it felt different than raw now they feel the same to me back then though that was my shit in the way that like oh like this is so cool they feel like two two totally different things and that's what i liked about it it gave me something different each time and and that's something i feel like we've lost all these years later we have i think the you know when the brand split came back in 2016 we had that divide again. It was very much like Raw was this show, SmackDown was this show. SmackDown really was, I know they always say it, it was the land of opportunity in the fact that we had a, a solid, solid roster on SmackDown and on Raw. They just had, and it was, they did feel different. And then we've kind of slowly drifted back into just being, honestly, every show is kind of rolling into one and they're just kind of recapping one another, whether it be Raw or SmackDown. So I feel like, you know, taking back in the day when the initial brand split happened and even before that, when SmackDown originally started, they did feel like different shows. They had something different to offer. Now we've kind of had this kind of little chat when I kind of invited you on this week to be like, yeah, let's go through some of our SmackDown, you know, greatest SmackDown moments, matches, memories, whatever it may be. When I first asked you that question, 
What is the first moment or match or just anything relating to SmackDown in its entire 20 years that kind of come to your mind? It's so funny because when you asked me, I thought of a few like right away. And I was like, oh, I have to like write this down before I forget. (laughs) (laughs) And the first thing, though, the very first thing that came to my brain is the first ever, not the pilot of SmackDown, but the first ever SmackDown episode. And it's Triple H versus The Rock. Michaels is the special guest ref. It was the two hottest in the industry, right, at the time, other than Stone Cold. And just, like, completely, I was so into it. And I loved those two. And this feud was so hot. And everything so, like, it, it had a big, big, big fight feel. I know we say that a lot, and WWE says that a lot. But this was, like, a different vibe, I feel like. And just when you think that The Rock's got the game and he's going to finish him off and The Rock wins, Michaels comes in with that little boop right to the chin and the freaking game wins. And you're like, what? And it just started off SmackDown with such a bang. And, you know, and Michaels wearing the short shorts. I'll never forget (laughs) It just so perfect for him, obviously, yeah. but it just was like so damn funny to watch him rough in that. And uh, it was such a cool moment. And and it indicated to us that we were, when we were watching it, that like this was going to be special. And that was, I really appreciated that they gave us that type of moment. And that was the first thing that came to my brain right away. Man, that is a, that really is, you know, because Sean wasn't even around, quote unquote, at the time. He was off with an injury or something and just hadn't returned at that point in 99. So um, it was cool to see Sean. That match is very, that was a very hot feud at the time Mm -hmm. from memory anyway. Um, And the match was fun. I haven't watched that match in years, but I I remember that match being fun. Um, You know, it's really weird when, it's so weird how we obviously share a love of growing up watching WWE programming and just wrestling in general, but it's yep. so weird where our minds can go because when I kind of originally, you know, thought of this concept to kind of talk about this with you, the first thing that I thought of is a very iconic feud between Edge and Kurt Angle. And oh. I thought of the backstage segment where he, Kurt Angle was holding up the signs, you know, you suck, you know, all of those things. And that kind of started the, you suck. I don't know why my mind went there, but I remember that backstage promo on SmackDown and I remember Kurt Angle being pissed. <laughs> hmm What an iconic oh, yes. rivalry those two had in the terms of maybe not like the greatest rivalries of all time, but in SmackDown's, mm-hmm. you know, history, well, post-brand split history, one of the very first feuds from memory was Edge and Kurt Angle. That's right. That's a good shout, Josh. Yeah, I, I don't know why I thought of that. The ones that I listed, but like that was such a good one. And it's it's played on all of those, you know, um, video packages, and it's yes. you know, it's a very big part of both Edge's and Kurt Angle's careers, especially someone. It was Edge's kind of breakout singles run from sure. memory. From well, memory, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it was really um, the the landmark for that in a way. Yeah, and it's and you know. It's weird that my mind didn't go to a match or to, you know, like an, even an in-ring segment. It was a backstage promo that kind of sparked the whole you suck thing that still goes to this day. That's right. Um, when Such you think a of good one. Stars 
that were kind of really, you know, when I say SmackDown, you think of this person. Is there anyone that comes to your mind that's just like, that is a person that is SmackDown through and through? Well, besides The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that was kind of the big one for me. Yeah. Um, Stone Cold had a nice foray there on SmackDown as well. And you know how I feel about Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. And, and like Edge, that's another one. And Kurt Angle. Like, as we mentioned, th- they just kind of come to my brain, the Hardys for a while. Um, just right away, just like stuff I'm thinking of off the top of my head. That was like the first things that came to my brain right away. Um, and, and what names, <laughs> you know? And, uh, there's so crazy. many people, there's especially, so many. especially when we had the initial brand split of SmackDown. Sure. I, th- I don't know why my mind goes there the most. I keep saying mm-hmm. brand split, brand split, but it's just, I don't, I think it's just because at that, I was ooh, eight or nine you know, I was really starting to, this is when I can really vividly remember WWE programming is when the initial brand split was kind of going down. So that's kind of my earliest memories of, at least of what I can remember of Raw and SmackDown. So I think of, you know, the, the classic V1, one Matt Hardy with his, with his, with his MFers, Shannon Moore. (laughs) Shannon Moore. Good God. Remember when Matt Hardy was training to be a cruiserweight on that cardio bike thing? <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. I don't know if I'll ever forget that. He was training hard. He got there. He got the cruiserweight championship. He and sure Rey did. Mysterio, him and Ray had a great match at WrestleMania 19, um, I believe. It, I love Matt Hardy version one, to be honest. Those Matt facts. Wow. And that all oh. started on SmackDown. It did. It was all on SmackDown, and that, and having any Hardy on anything, either one, it, there's such a different experience. But that was so like not Matt Hardy, but it was yeah. Matt Hardy at the yeah. same time, which is just so funny because when you think of him now, it's like, oh my god, like what a character that was. It was so different than how you envision him in Team Extreme, right? So, yeah. And and what a great one. I mean, he did such a great job with that whole thing, and and it was an excellent match. Uh, at WrestleMania 19. I love that one. Yeah, it was really fun. Matt Hardy won that, didn't he? He sure did. Hell yeah, he did. I've always been a Matt Hardy person. I've always been someone that just, I don't know what it is that draws me to Matt. I think it's because, listen, you know, my favorite of all time is Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho. (laughs) And the reason why I love Chris Jericho so much is because he constantly reinvents himself. Matt Hardy has done that. And not a lot of people talk about, you know, the- So agree. He's, he's- do you find Matt Hardy a little bit underrated? In in, a, in some ways, I think so. I think yeah. so. I I I appreciate Matt Hardy for a lot of reasons. I mean, is he the best wrestler in the world? No. No. But you know what he does have? Mike yeah. ability. Yeah. He has character development. I believe him. Whatever he does, I'm all in because he makes me come around to his line of thinking or, you know, uh, appreciate what he's showing and telling. And the, the creation of broken Matt was something, and that wasn't even in the WWE, the creation of broken Matt and, and just to see him transition from what he was, he was like this, the, the money Matt version. And yeah. And he had like this suit on and the slick back hair and it was 
gross and terrible <laughs> in all the right ways, <laughs> you know. And uh, then he comes out with this broken thing, and we're it's just that draw that he was able to bring in, in the indies and other programming was like wow. And it's a gamble. It's a, that that that, that it wouldn't is have a worked. Huge gamble. Because it, not not anybody could do that and make that work. You had to have the certain level oh. of talent and experience. I think a lot of people undersell that Matt Hardy and Jeff, but talking about Matt, they've been in the business for over 20 years. And I think a character like that wouldn't work on someone just being like, oh, I'm coming into wrestling. I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. And he, j- I mean, the way that he pulled it off, and you're right, I think it's a little bit underrated. Um, just all the different versions of himself and, you know, what he does on Twitter now, going through the different versions of, of himself, you see how many there actually are. Yeah, and that's, that's like wild <laughs> to see, you know. It's crazy. But right. but he, it started on SmackDown. You're right. It all, it all started, his original character outside of the Hardy Boys was, you know, on SmackDown. Other people, we I kind of you know alluded to the cruiserweight division. The cruiserweight sure. division was, was on SmackDown. You had um, a lot of the cruiserweights coming in from WCW and oh, you know yes. the initial buyout and stuff like that. When the brand split was going down and you kind of you know the cruiserweight division got started, was that something you were a fan of in the time, or maybe grew to love as you you know became more adapt with wrestling? I'd say grew to love. It wasn't something I gravitated towards right away. Um, but Rey Mysterio was somebody that I right away was like, oh, who's that? What's this? What's happening? And just, I don't know if a lot of people really, (laughs) that haven't, that are watching the WWE now that didn't watch before understand how much of a megastar Rey Mysterio was. Yeah. Like the star and like his ability to capture your attention and make you root for him and just the genuine love for the business yeah, uh, that's something I feel like isn't really as appreciated nowadays because you know he's older it's and not. and the time has passed and the cruiserweight division is oh that's another story for another day but yeah <laughs> you know it's <laughs> I feel bad for those guys Me but too. um you know it it was something I grew into liking more because of someone like Rey Mysterio and the way that it was presented I think yeah. back then was it, it was more special and I was like. As time passed, I was like, oh, like, I get this now. I, this I, I cool. feel like it's cool. Yeah. yeah. And that was the thing. Because, you know, when I was younger, it was really big, muscular dudes. And, like, you it know. Was, no, it was. That's, that's how, how it was. was. Right. And then they you had like, to train your mind. Really? Especially yes. when you're younger. Especially when you're younger. Um, you when you're, when you're a kid watching wrestling or even a teenager, you know, and you haven't really, you know, got your own grasp of really who you are in general. But, I mean, you're just watching what they're presenting you. So if they're telling you to like someone, for the most part as a kid, you're going to be like, I like the good guys, I hate the bad guys. As you get older, sure. you kind of form your own opinion of what wrestling is and you get exposed to other things within the world of wrestling outside of WWE. So you find things like Lucha Libre and, and Japanese wrestling and – yep you know, just different kinds of styles of wrestling. So as you get older, as you said, you kind of grow to love the cruiserweight division. But if I put on something from 2003, 2004, a SmackDown pay-per-view from that time, nine times out of 10, those cruiserweight dudes are starting off the show and they're starting off the show with a fun damn match. Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. I I feel you. And you know, the other thing too, as you've been talking about this, I've been thinking about Rey Mysterio and I was like, you know who else was like, 
on SmackDown a lot was the Big Show. And I was thinking about their like their uh, their rivalry together and stuff and just kind of going through people in my brain and like thinking about Lucha wrestling and and Latinos and Latinas and wrestling. And like, I I don't know why it didn't occur to me earlier, but like Eddie Guerrero. Eddie, like huge staple of SmackDown. Such a huge staple of SmackDown. And like, oh, just thinking about that, just put it together for me. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yes. This is the fun part about when you were like, let's talk SmackDown. I'm like, yes, because I know that I'll remember stuff. And like you would have something that would trigger my memory and I would have something that would trigger yours. And like, yep. Damn, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, my God. What a legend. Eddie is. Okay, so let's let's um. Put on some, some. hey, we like to say some future goggles around here. I'm sure you know that reference, Queen. Um, if Kevin was here, he'd be singing it, but I'm not going to – I can't do it justice. But if we were to put, on some, <laughs> put on some future goggles back in the Dizzy, so say if it was 2005 and the horrible just, you know, the timing of Eddie Guerrero's death was just something that it was just – he was really on a career – like just – he was on the up. Eddie was just – my God, he was just going, going, going. His star was just continuing to grow and flourish. And it was just wonderful to see Eddie Guerrero in this light. Like he had that win um, at WrestleMania 20 when he won. Oh, no, no way out before WrestleMania 20, I should say, um, when he beat Brock and won the WWE Championship and that whole time. And then he had the Fiesta on SmackDown um, back in 2004. And then his star was just, I mean, growing and growing and growing. You couldn't really put a ceiling on that dude. Um and then his unfortunate passing, if that wasn't to happen, what would have happened to the SmackDown brand? Because you would have to think that the years that kind of trans, you know, come after that, Eddie would be a mainstay on that brand. Oh, I think so too. I don't think that that would be a question. If, if that didn't happen, um, I think he just would have dominated that show. Dominated the industry. I, I mean, the classics that he already had, it just could have multiplied. Uh, you know, he was really at the top of his game. And it yeah, was, was such a tragedy. Hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Every single... He was. The best thing about Eddie, Eddie's probably... He's not like my favorite wrestler of all time. I mm-hmm. certainly respected the stuff he did in the ring. Especially as I got older. I was like, Eddie is, like, incredible. Because Eddie could work with anybody. Like Eddie could could mesh with absolutely anybody on the roster, whether it was he could be that baby face that could work with a big dude and just get the crap beaten out of him and overcome. He could be a, as he liked to said, the lie, the lie, cheat and steal. He could be that, that heel and you could hate him just as much as you loved Eddie. And I think that's what I loved most about Eddie. And to me, when I think SmackDown, he's maybe not be at the forefront of my brain, but he's definitely in there somewhere of just going, he is SmackDown, because he wasn't really on Raw too much. No, not, he really wasn't. And he was such a special character. You know, I feel like they've never been able to get somebody to fulfill that role the way that Eddie fulfilled that role. And right. and you're right, you know? If you, lie, cheat, steal. If he ain't yeah. cheat, he ain't trying, baby. That's I just. Right. I, I just love it. You know, and he was so special and his entrances were so dope. And like, oh, my God, the cars, the low riders, the cars, the low riders, the vibe, you know, he just just like came off cool, you know, and it. Yeah, that was something so very special. And and I think, you know, for the future, (laughs) the future goggles, I just (laughs) uh, I don't I don't know that we could say with certainty. 
but I think we can be pretty well in agreement that the star would have risen and risen yeah. uh, for him. You know, barring any major injuries or anything crazy, I think uh, he could have held down that brand, and it it could have very well been close to the flagship show, in, in my opinion. And uh, you know, another thing with him too is this like the the effect that he had. That's another yeah. thing. You know, if he didn't pass, um, you know, he just had such a hold on the wrestling community and even the wrestlers themselves. And like when he was when he passed, it was like people couldn't like get over it. And it was wild. I mean, one of the things that comes to my brain when we talk about Eddie Guerrero is the match between Chris Benoit and Triple H. And like everybody was crying and like they were crying in the ring after and like dedicated his match chris dedicated his match to eddie because they were best friends and like yeah just the devastation to the injury uh the industry and like just yeah. oh like if he didn't go imagine imagine what could have happened and that and that's always a big huge what if for me yeah it's, it is it him and benoit had some great matches on smackdown nice little sure. segue there for me too um <laughs> they had some fantastic matches in the earlier days of smackdown um i mean regardless of what happened with Chris Benoit, he was still an incredible, probably one of the most technically sound wrestlers I've ever seen. If you watch his work now, um, that that guy doesn't like, if he screwed up anything, you wouldn't know it because Mm -hmm. he was flawless in the ring. He really, really was. Eddie Guerrero is very much on that level as well. He was, yeah. Damn near flawless in the ring. Two very technically sound, entertaining people. I mean, Eddie had the whole package. Um, Benoit had enough in-ring ability to kind of get him past his talking ability. But, yeah. I mean, their early days of SmackDown, some of the matches they had, they could you could put them out there for 60 minutes and they would entertain you for every single minute of that. Yeah. And then a rare thing, especially in that time period... Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff happening in the world of WWE or F to E. And, you know, ugh, it's so crazy to think about, like, those matches. And then a few years later, how the landscape changed. Yeah. And how different that show became, SmackDown specifically. It's crazy. It really is. Because when you think of the early days of SmackDown and then the brand split, you had people like Eddie and then... Um, Hey, I just randomly thought of this. You were talking about Rey Mysterio before. Um, By the way, who is – it's really hard to say in this this time period because we live in such an edgy, cool – like you and me are very similar in this aspect. Like it's easier to like a bad guy because they're cooler. Oh, yeah. They're so cool. (laughs) Rey Mysterio is the 100% most natural baby face there is. I don't want – it's hard to say like I don't want – it's so easy to say this now. I want that person to turn heel. You never want Rey Mysterio to be a heel. He's never. Just, you just love Rey, and it's just so you look at him and you're like, I can't hate you. There's no way in hell I can hate you. I know he's been a heel in WCW and whatever it may be, but WWE land, he is the most natural babyface there is. Now, I think of a moment with Rey Mysterio on SmackDown when he's jumping off that cage. What a scene that was when he's jumping Jeez. off the top of the steel cage, and it's just like, at that point, it really wasn't too often that you would see something like that. <laughs> That's true. Very true. And I think in SmackDown, it's, it's you know, we're talking about Benoit and Guerrero and Ray and all of these great wrestlers. This day and age, 
I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but I think on on a more general level and just um, you know across the board, the wrestling, the in-ring product is at a much higher rate, and it's consistently, you know, quote unquote better than it was back in the day. I know they still had great matches back in the day. That's not what I'm saying. But just on a more consistent mm-hmm. level, there's more time to have matches. There's a lot more programming to have matches. And just the workers in general are working at a higher rate than maybe back in the day. But mm-hmm. SmackDown's early days had hints of what we see on a more consistent basis now. Do you agree Big with that? Time. I do. Big time. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think with, you know, some other great matches and moments that come to your brain in, and my brain with SmackDown, it's hard to, we'd be pretty silly if we didn't kind of talk about the big show and Brock Lesnar breaking the sure. ring. I, I mean, mean, that's probably, on. that's arguably the biggest moment in SmackDown history. Would you agree with that? <laughs> it's pretty close to my number one. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's up there. It's, it was like, I don't know. <clears throat> it was something that was absolutely just wild (laughs) and you're watching these two go at it and you're just like huh and you just watch this ring collapse and you're like bro what is happening right now (laughs) you don't know because i know they've done it a a couple of other times you know yeah but nothing like that nothing blurred the lines i'm like these two are that big that they just broke the ring (laughs) i know i know and like i was really upset with the big show when he came on chris jericho's podcast and like told the truth about it and i was like i refused to listen i refused i, I, I was like oh my god well i didn't know that that's what he was gonna say <laughs> and i listened and i was like how fucking dare you <laughs> it's i it's was so crazy, personally though. offended <laughs> i know like it was crazy it doesn't matter it's still one of the most wild oh. things i've ever seen on smackdown programming I mean, just in wrestling, WWE programming in general, um, it's just wild, especially at that time. You've never seen anything like that before. Um, Brock, let's let's talk about Brock for a minute because he was originally, you know, a SmackDown dude and a, a mm-hmm. staple for a few years. On, that's where Brock got his start. That's where Brock got, made his name was on SmackDown. Um, isn't it ironic that we come up to this and he's probably going to be a member of SmackDown Live again? But um. Uh. When you think of the, okay, a lot of, I say Brock Lesnar and probably a lot of people are going, oh, here we go. We're going to talk about Brock. Regardless of any personal kind of take on Brock and and his schedule and whatever it may be, Brock Lesnar is money. That man is a draw. That man is a star. He's probably, in my opinion, the biggest star WWE has right now. If you need to draw some kind of number, you insert Brock Lesnar, regardless mm-hmm. of what people think or whatever. I know that man can draw and that man can entertain me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in that. I, I'm not a Brock Lesnar hater. I understand it and I get it, but I'm not personally a Brock Lesnar hater. When you think of Brock Lesnar's whole career and where he's come to from 2002, when he debuted all the way until now, as we move into next week, when he's going against Kofi Kingston, That's the sentence that you never (laughs) thought you'd say. Um, For the WWE Championship on SmackDown's premiere on Fox, what the hell runs through your mind when you think of Brock's time? (laughs) I liked Brock a lot lot more. Probably a lot. but (laughs) I got a lot, yeah. Um, I liked Brock a lot in the first half of (laughs) of this uh, career. And the second half, I like him a lot less. 
And yeah. there's a lot of reasons for that. I think when he first debuted, it, it was such, you know, he debuted a really cool time, you know, 2002. He's out of the hotties. Holy. Yeah. I mean, just like, <laughs> wow. And, and he was such a dominant force. And to see him in all these matches, it was really cool. And, and it was different and fun and uh, aggressive. And mm-hmm. I liked that. And it, well, it was in the ruthless aggression area. There you go. That's another thing we should talk about too. So it's like, that I enjoyed the I'm going to take time and I'm going to take your belt with me yeah. thing that I'm not really a fan of. You know, the, the amount of time that we spent without a fighting champion on weekly programming, I think, was a little bit of a disservice yeah. to us fans, and a little bit of a disservice to the program itself. It hurt. It, it suffered And the for Universal it. Championship, that championship that was trying to build prestige. Correct. And it doesn't do them any favors on a lot of levels. And particularly when you're trying to build a new belt and you're trying to make it seem like your other WWE championship, which they're trying to do, it it just didn't work. And like, I understand the appeal and I agree with you. He brings in a lot of money. He brings in a lot of attention. People are really hyped when they hear his music and they see Paul Heyman. You know, it's a, it's a big deal, right? But still is a level of, coolness to it I, yeah. I, I there is and no matter what anyone kind of says and this isn't like discrediting what you're saying at all because i agree with you 100 percent. but even me even you you hear that music and you go i'm gonna watch sure because you want to see yeah. what happens yeah right and, and he has that presence and that i think comes a lot from the early half yeah. of his career in wwa really it truly does it and does. it just he's still i mean he it's not like it was before. No. Um, but it's interesting. I like Brock more now when he fights smaller people. I think it's yes, better. I that agree. Way. Like I his agree. Match with Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor, I thought were excellent. AJ Styles. Um, AJ Styles is great as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Seth. Seth Rollins, he just fought. And there were much better matches than when he fights people like Cena or, or whatever it yeah. may be. It just doesn't work in Roman and Braun. It doesn't work. Yeah, It doesn't work. It doesn't well. work well with them. It just doesn't happen. Brock um, works better when he can just toss people around. Sure. I think so. And it makes him look like the character they want him to look like. A and beast. a beast. Right. And let him, let him be that way. If that's where you're going. I just think, you know, I just feel some type of way about how they've been booking his championship oh, runs recently. Me, me too. But yeah. you wouldn't have Brock now if you didn't have Brock back in the SmackDown days um, right. when he was originally kind of, you know, dominating and fighting, the, winning the WWE or the Undisputed Championship so early. Like at that point, no Wild. one did. No mm-hmm. one did that. I know it's a little bit more constant now that that happened. Well, not maybe constant isn't the word, but it's a little bit um, more likely that it will happen now than it happened then. But at that time, nobody did that. And it was like, oh, not what at all. hell? Like Brock Lesnar's the undisputed champion. He beat The Rock, of all people, at SummerSlam, which is I know. the second biggest show that WWE present. I mean, Wild, huh? Brock has had a, there's no doubt about it, he's had a Hall of Fame career, probably a first ballad Hall of Famer. Um you know, walk, going into next week against Kofi Kingston, there is way more of a level of excitement of him going up against someone like Kofi, who is arguably one of the better WWE champions in recent memory and one of the better baby faces in recent memory. Yeah, I think you're right with that. You know, Kofi's reign has been not only historic, but strong 
He's been booked strong. Oh, yeah. That man and doesn't if you don't agree with that, <laughs> no, he doesn't. And if you don't agree with that, then you're not watching the same programming because he he looks great. And they're keeping him looking great. And this one is a really large challenge because it's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so it's a different thing. And it's also like, I agree with what you said. Not something I thought I would say. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. That this is happening, you know? And, it, and um, with Brock, sorry to interrupt you, but no, that's okay. with, Go ahead. with Brock, he has won and lost the right amount of times. He hasn't always just won. He hasn't always just lost. He's that perfect blend that when you put anyone against Brock, there's maybe you lean a little bit more towards Brock winning, but there's the chance that Brock won't. And I think that's the appeal of Brock Lesnar is that, yes, he's been defeated, but he hasn't been destroyed. Right. And I think with this and with Kofi on the flip side, Kofi Kingston Every time you think Kofi's going to, okay, Kofi's going to lose this one. Kofi's going to lose this one. Kofi wins. So there's this weird sense of we want Kofi to win, but we almost know that Brock's going to win, but it's so obvious that it's not obvious, if you understand any right. of that. I do, it's actually. It's so weird. It's so weird going into, it's, it's, the, it's weirdly enough the perfect first big match of SmackDown on Fox. Yep, I actually kind of like it, and um, I don't. I don't mind that that's what's going on. I really don't. I think that that's kind of great. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to bring in the ratings. It's going to do what they oh, yeah. think it's going to do, you know. And it's going to be an interesting match. And Kofi is a smaller guy compared to Brock, so if trend is on trend, <laughs> then we should get something great out of it. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really fun. And um. Going back to the time of your your kind of moments, what's another moment or match that comes to your brain with SmackDown's history? Oh, well, I alluded to it just a little bit ago, but the uh, ruthless aggression John Cena thing Ooh. was unbelievable. That was one of my favorite SmackDown moments. I mean, he's the oh, good lord. Okay, so he comes up to freaking Kurt Angle and just says that line and the way he says it with the grit and the nastiness and the passion I mean like hello here we are 14 how many years later now I don't even know I can't do math Jeez, uh, <laughs> 15, like 15 years, 15 15 years later years, more than that I don't even know maybe more than that well it was 2002 right so no 17 so years 17 years oh, oh, wow oh, God, geez, wow yes. okay anyway <laughs> um that makes me cringe so <clears throat> 17 years ago and now look at now look at John Cena. I mean, he carried the WWE from then pretty much on. <laughs> and he pretty had much. such a solid uh runs plural. I mean, he's a multiple-time champion. Like this is John Cena. He's closest to Ric Flair as anybody that can can, you know, he hasn't beat Ric Flair yet. I don't know if he ever will, but he's tied for the record, so kind of close. <laughs> Yeah, and, it's crazy. Uh, the way that they trusted him and the things that they let him do, and he was the face of the company, he carried it on his back for a really long time. And it all kind of started with this one moment. And you look back at that, like... And what it evolved into. I mean, right? word life, that John Cena, that basic thugonomics John Cena was saying some shit. That yes, dude he was. 
shit. I mean, when he come out and freestyled rap at pretty much every time he was on SmackDown, I mean, the stuff that you could say back then is very different to the stuff you can say now. But, 100%. I mean, he was telling people to suck on his nuts and all kinds oh, of yeah. different kinds of stuff. But it was – he had – he was – it was so cool – and then he kind of got some steam behind him and his character slowly changed over time. It wasn't really like a night and day change. It was not, scene. No. It was a gradual thing and it just kind of needed to evolve. If he was going to be the face of the company, he couldn't be that Vanilla Ice-esque no. <laughs> character. But it was he still couldn't. cool for the time and it was a very – the earlier part of SmackDown, you know, was really the up and coming, the rise of John Cena. That's right. Absolutely right. Um, poof. I mean, John that was is just... such a great one. It's not like it's so momentous when you think about it. I mean, he's the superstar of our generation in a lot of ways. He really is. Uh, he's arguably the you know yep. the most iconic, recognizable you know talent ever. He's certainly in there if he's not the top. <laughs> oh, he's in the top. I th- I think that's for sure. It's it's hard to decide between The Rock and Cena in that regard, yeah. but. It's uh, for both for both similar reasons, though. Um, yeah. And and Cena really, oof, just the amount of work that you have to respect that the amount of work oh, that yeah. he put in for all these years. And, you know, he's so recognizable and he's so polarizing. People either love him or hate oh, him. And yeah. or sometimes we don't know how to feel about him. And, uh, you know, it's 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 crazy to think that that was on SmackDown and that's where it all began. Yeah. And he's unbelievable champion. Unbelievable. And that yeah. that brings like so back so many memories about that time period and like stone cold booker t in a grocery store stone oh, cold God, destroying yeah. dx you know it's oh, like the dx all express the, the dx bus. express do you oh remember my that God. yes and he God. blew up the bus and they went That's right. ape shit <laughs> they went ape shit i went ape shit <laughs> <laughs> what a man like right the is... moments on smackdown are huge when you when you really dive in and think about it it's wild isn't it you know what's randomly coming to my mind that I don't know why? Can you remember? Yeah. It was 2007, okay? okay? 2007, The Undertaker's laying down after being beaten up by Batista or Mark Henry. I think Mark Henry. Edge comes in with the Money in the Bank briefcase after being drafted to SmackDown from Raw. He just won the Money in the Bank briefcase from Mr. Kennedy. That's right. Mr. Raw, and he comes in and Edge starts his run on SmackDown and becomes a staple of the second part of, you know, of that, you know, there's a bit of a divide with like the, the brand split. And it was kind of the other end of SmackDown when SmackDown wasn't presented as, you know, it wasn't as cool as it once was. Um, But Taker and Edge and Batista all had some really awesome matches. I mean, Edge and Taker's rivalry from 2007 into 2008, they had some incredible stuff. And mm-hmm. not only that, I think, I don't know if you like this as much as I did, but I absolutely loved Love Familiar with Edge and Chavo and Vicky and the Edgeheads, yes. all of that. The Edgeheads. That was all on SmackDown. And that was, it was a time that's really not celebrated as much as I don't think it should be. As, as I think it should be, I should say. I know. It's a hard time in WWE because... A lot of people tuned out. There wasn't a lot of draw. It wasn't as good programming. They were doing a lot of silliness as well as, you know, some of the good stuff that was thrown in there. It was a tough time. But Edge was one of the shining lights during that time period. He really um, owned that his show. His stuff was awesome. He really did. He carried it for yeah. a lot 
for a lot of the time from basically that point on until uh, he retired. And it's underappreciated, I feel like. Edge it, was great it, in so many different ways. He could work. make you laugh. Yeah. Some of it just best stuff. He can make you laugh or he could like tear you a new one. And that was something really special about him that that especially for that time period, it was a whole a whole mess, honey. Whole mess. Oh yeah, it was it we're in a bit of a weird in-between phase of what is yeah. going on with this company. It's like puberty and, or something. I don't know. It was just weird. But Vicky Guerrero became she sure. started off as an just an awful character. It was just she was just bad. Let's just call mm-hmm. a spade a spade. She was not good. She became one of the better GMs probably ever, one of the most hated people in WWE's history, really. Like, that lady got some heat. You could not really outheat Vicky Guerrero, you know, in her prime. She became a great manager, a a great just character in WWE television. Sure. I mean, she's – and that all started with SmackDown and with Edge and – I mean, what a time period for someone like you think of all these stars from SmackDown Live. That was a star in she was a star in her own right. She sure was. And it's so funny when you hear her talk about it now, like um, our friend of the show and my friend Anthony from Smart to Death interviewed her. Um, Kyle, his co-host at the time, interviewed her. And, um, you know, to hear her tell her story and like, you know, it wasn't really supposed to turn into that, but it turned into that. And like, it's just so wild to like hear her talk about it. She's like, yeah, you know, they were just doing some things with Eddie and whatever. And then all of a sudden... (laughs) Here I am. And she's it's just kissing like, Edge. And she's kissing Edge her. and having a huge fit with other girls. And like her yeah. whole thing with AJ Lee and the excuse me and the wheelchair and the wedding and the whole. It was like unbelievable. Crazy. The, oh, my God. Crazy. The Edge and Vicky wedding with Edge yes. cheating on her with yes. Alicia Fox, who was Alicia the Fox. wedding planner. Like, I couldn't even handle it. I'm like. Oh, oh my weird. god, my mind so is funny. going so many places. Like you think of the the rivalry almost that Vicky and Teddy Long had when Teddy Long was yes. on he was Teddy Long is probably the greatest general manager ever. <laughs> I, I, he was making one-on-one matches with The Undertaker. He was making tag team matches player. He was dancing along. I mean that that Teddy Long iconic dance move that the one and only Teddy Long can do. I mean, no one can perfect that move um, nope. like Teddy no Long can. No one can. But that's another ca- – we think of wrestlers, and it, it did – you know, I know Teddy was around a lot longer before SmackDown, but what I remember most of Teddy Long is him on SmackDown. Remember him and sure. Crystal getting married and he had, a, like, a heart oh, attack? Oh, God. Jeez. Well, on SmackDown. <laughs> Josh, your memory remember is so that? good. I, I, I'm wow. weird with, I just remember weird stuff all the time. I don't know why. Um, but like, it's so Crazy. weird how many stars have been kind of started on SmackDown live and yep. Uh, yep. Well, SmackDown in general, not SmackDown live. I'm just used to saying that. Um, I got to get used to it. It's going to be I weird. Know. not saying We're going back. <laughs> SD live. I'm not going to be able to hashtag that anymore. It'll be hashtag no. SmackDown or SD on Fox or something. I don't know what SD, it will be. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out next week. But, um, you know, there's something I wanted to really – we'll get to a few more moments in a minute as we kind of wind down, but there's something I wanted to get your opinion on that it's not talked about on SmackDown very often in its history. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about the evolution of – I know I use that word, but of the women on SmackDown Live because – well, SmackDown, mm-hmm. 
keep saying SmackDown Live. Just get it out of my brain. The (laughs) women on SmackDown Live. Obviously, at the very beginning of SmackDown, or just the brand split of SmackDown, um, there wasn't a women's championship. There was really nothing to battle for for the women. Um, First woman that comes to your brain when you think SmackDown, who is she? Tori Wilson. Okay. I knew you were going to say that. I think that's everybody's kind of go-to is Tori Wilson. Because Tori Wilson was... She was SmackDown's leading lady. There wasn't, you know, if there was any, I mean, you think of great SmackDown storylines and you really can't go past Dawn Marie and Tori Wilson with Al Wilson, her father. I mean, regardless of how silly and crazy that was, I live for that stuff in wrestling. Sometimes the so over the top silly stuff is some of my favorite stuff. I mean, you can (laughs) say what you will about me on that opinion, but, um, I, I, you know me, I take wrestling on face value. I kind of always have. And whatever they presented me, I was kind of just made do with what you can. And at that time, I know it's I know it's so it's so weird to say now they had a fight in a funeral home, but it's a moment oh, on SmackDown that stands the test of time. <laughs> sure does. It sure does. It just, and, it's weird to think about now, you know? Oh, it it's oh, so it weird when you think about where we are now, right? And then you look back at that kind of stuff and it's funny and silly oh. and cool. But yeah, like at the same that, time, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun, <laughs> you know? But like, when you think about it, you're right. The title wasn't really like a thing, not there. Yeah. And you know, what were they going to do? <laughs> I guess they, had, the, they had nothing. <laughs> they didn't really have a lot. <laughs> so they, no. did, they did. Wacky storylines with Tori Wilson's, you know, shoot dad, her actual dad, by the way, if anyone didn't know that. That was was Tori's dad. He got to kiss Dawn Marie. Tori Wilson had an interview the other day um, that I watched. I can't remember where I seen it. It was somewhere on YouTube that I found it. And Dawn Marie didn't like Tori Wilson at all. (laughs) They didn't get along. Like, they shoot, didn't get along. Um, So, I, you know, probably seeing someone kiss your dad in general probably isn't someone you really, it's really something you want to see at all but i mean yeah. having someone you don't like kiss your dad is probably even worse but probably that even worse salt in the wound <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ladies had nothing to like we said nothing to really aspire to on smackdown unless you're on raw fighting for the women's title and in a time where women were in a bit of a they were a bit of an in-between because there was a lot of girls at that time that were fantastic workers and I feel like the whole division on Raw wanted to make it a, more of a wrestling division. You still had the Brian Panty stuff. They were still eye candy to a certain level, but there was wrestling, you know, in a time where it was in a weird, weird, bit of a weird phase. Like it was wrestling and then it kind of shifted to more eye candy and then we are where we are now. But on SmackDown, they were really purely used for eye candy and they would have matches here and there like Tori Wilson and, and Dawn Marie and Sable was on SmackDown. Sable if you was on SmackDown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Stephanie that was another McMahon. one that came to my brain. Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you had that. And then we kind of went in so many different w- ways. We had Michelle McCool come in and we had, um, sure. I believe Ashley Mazzaro was originally on SmackDown before she went to Raw or maybe she come over to SmackDown at some point. And nonetheless, she was on there. And yeah. then we shift into this. Another thing that people don't think about a lot because it has such a negative aspect of it is the creation of the Divas Championship was on SmackDown. It was something yeah. SmackDown girls to fight for in a time where women weren't really taken 
too seriously for the in-ring skills. But Michelle McCool was a fantastic worker. Beth Phoenix was on SmackDown a lot. Mickey James yes, she was. was on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, wasn't like there wasn't good workers on SmackDown. But when you think about the inception of the Divas Championship, and if you think about it from this aspect of at least the girls have something to fight for on SmackDown, what was your initial take on the inception of the Divas Championship? I hated it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hated it. I looked at that stupid belt and I was like, are you kidding me? It's a butterfly. Oh, yeah. Get out of here with that. So initially I was already like, well, they're not taking it seriously then because that is the belt that they're getting. Are you kidding yeah. me? Because that just is a it's a big flag like, oh, we don't really care. So okay. just make it look like a girly thing. And I was just like, ugh. But that being said. The ladies that captured the Divas title are the ones to be talked about and celebrated. And having that, uh, I, I think they're the ones that made the prestige behind it and really started the the groundwork for what we have now in terms of the quote-unquote evolution, right? Things are very different yeah. than they were oh, back yeah. then. And, um, you know, I just, the only person that comes to my brain other than Nikki Bella, of course, is just AJ Lee. It's she's the girl that I see with that title. I, it just kind of works for her. And I know it wasn't like uh, traditionally a SmackDown thing, but um, oh, she was on SmackDown. That was she was, where... but like you know, it wasn't yeah. like solely a SmackDown thing. Is what I mean. Yeah. But I, she was on SmackDown for for a time, and um, that's the girl that I see with that championship. Oh, and yeah. it's just very interesting to me uh, to to see where we are now when you think back oh, yeah. on it. But I hated it initially uh, oh, because it's it ugly. So it was just, it's not, yeah. it's, it's not even that it was ugly. It was just, wasn't a championship. It was just like a little, yeah, it was like a girl. Yeah. It was just like a little overly girly stereotypical thing that just was just like, okay, whatever. But Hey, you look at the first Divas champion ever and it's Michelle McCool and she fought right, Natalia for that. Lost. Yep. She did. And Michelle McCool. Do you think she gets enough credit? Because, I mean, look at this time on SmackDown with Lay Cool. They were entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're a polarizing one. Some people really like them. Some people don't. Um, but Michelle McCool, I think, undoubtedly is one of the coolest people that they've ever had in the Divas division. Um, she's, yeah. as her name would suggest, just damn cool. <laughs> and she was fun to watch and a great worker in the ring. She was only there for a short period of time. And that's why I think she gets overlooked a little bit. It wasn't yeah. like she had a long career and, no, I... and things like that. And and I think that's another reason they kind of like mm, gloss over in a way. And, and it's similar to how I feel to Kelly Kelly. Um, she wasn't there for a long time either, but they had such great matches and with what they were given, you have to like respect Kelly that Kelly. Because, I mean, some people just go, you could say Kelly Kelly. People be like, Oh, Kelly Kelly. That girl would her. not be afraid to take a bump. She would try she anything. Wouldn't. She really would. And that's why I respect her for Me that too. reason. She's well, not she's the, best the greatest. Female yeah, wrestler, but she's but. the greatest worker I've yeah. ever seen. No. But that's arguable to anybody. I could say anybody and you'd be like, well, that's not the greatest. But like, I think that's the greatest. Subjective, some people yeah. that could be their favorite wrestler ever. Good on, like, you do you. Like, I didn't, I, I, Kelly Kelly had star appeal. She obviously had a sex appeal, which is what they were trying to. And at that time, you can't, like, people are like, they couldn't do this. That wasn't what they were there for. Kelly Kelly was there to put on a poster and be like, for guys to look at and be like, she is a very attractive lady. Because Kelly Kelly is a 
very attractive lady. Beautiful. But that was what her time period was. She was a staple yeah. of that time. And I think that's why people just, you know, assume other things. But, you know, the ladies weren't something that was really in the whole period of, you know, SmackDown initially, initially and, you know, moving on. It wasn't really something that was, you know, a cornerstone of SmackDown um, was – you know, the ladies, you had, you had the ladies, like you said, like Tori, um, and stuff like that, but it wasn't like they were, you know, the forefront of SmackDown. In no, its, not at all. But I mean, other things that come to you, what's some other, you got any more moments or matches that kind of come to your brain or what you've got listed there, um, as we kind of end things up this week? Yeah. Um, not to end on a sad note, but the, the last thing that really came to my brain out of all the ones that I mentioned was the SmackDown live edition after 9-11. Ah, yes. This moment, uh, you know, it was the first time the WWE had come back on since 9-11. And it was, in a lot of ways, probably the first gathering of such a large group of people after this attack on our nation. And the amount of showcasing of American solidarity and support and just kind of this, oh, the the never say die spirit that is the people of the United States, particularly at this time. And then Lillian Garcia sang the Star Spangled Banner and it was like, oh, it just, it, it hit so hard for yeah. a lot of reasons and, you know, it's a lot of people might be like, oh, my God, it's 9-11. How can you ever re- compare it to, to anything or put even talk of wrestling in the same sentence? But it just happened to be a thing that was on that we were watching. And it was such a moment of, like I mentioned, solidarity and like, yes, this happened. Yes, it was horrible. But look at how many people are here and, you know, everyone stands together. And, and that's something I really like about the WWE as a whole. Um, you know, when something tragic happens, they don't shy away from it. They no. address it. And um, in, in that in, in, no, in big scale kind of way, like, you know, something tragic happens in the world or, you know, someone yeah. passes that meant a lot to them. You know, they're very good with that sort of thing. I agree with you was, completely. Yeah. And this moment was so heartbreaking, but hope filled at the same time. And that was something that only happened on SmackDown. It was, and and, and, and it really was to look at the. I don't know because this is where we kind of um, we see things from different perspectives because you're in that country and that we're only what so many days removed from the um you know the kind of anniversary and looking back on nine eleven and stuff. But I don't think people. Well, you probably do, but some people don't realize the outside effect on that had on the world. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember where I was when my mom told me what kind of went down because we woke up in the morning and it happened, you know, during your daytime. So we woke up and I was kind of looking at the TV. I'm only six, seven at this point being like, what the hell is, what is, I don't fully understand it at this point, but mom's just kind of explained to me, like, there's been some stuff that's gone down in the United States and this is what happened. And for anyone that doesn't know, Australia is an ally of the United States. We are, right. you know, we always, you know, we've got each other's backs in layman's terms. Um, we do. <laughs> so it's as a, as just a unified world, a unified universe, if you will. Um, 
it's it's a very I don't want to understate this moment, but lack of a better term, it's just a very nice thing to see that a nation sure. is not afraid to continue with mm-hmm. their lives. Because yeah. we always think of that moment with Lillian Garcia singing, you mm. know, the Star Sangle Bang and, and just and but there's the a roar wrestling too. show. And the yeah. the wrestling show that preceded that. There was still a wrestling show that took place and it was just I understand that you shouldn't probably compare, but at the same time, it was a sign of we're just going to continue with our lives. This is not going to knock us down. What happened absolutely. was absolutely tragic and one of the biggest, you know, atrocities. Moments, yeah, mm-hmm. and just and just you know, just whatever of I can't even get the right word out, but um you know what I mean? It's just one of those it's a very for it is a just a history moment that no one will ever forget where they were or where they were told or where they seen or wherever they were in the world. Um, you don't forget that. You don't forget That's moments right. like that. And SmackDown was the first public kind of at that size, you know, yep. something happening like that in there. And it's just, it's nice to see a, a nation stand together and go, this isn't, this is horrible and let's move forward. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too is, you know, for a lot of people in the wrestling community, wrestling fandom, wrestling is, has been there during a lot of dark times and, per, you yeah. know, in our personal lives and in greater society. And, you know, to turn on your television for something that you love so much and for them to really have and give that moment of recognition, uh, it just was really special. And, you know, it's something we loved as kids and here it is wrestling and and we're all here together, like trying to understand what just happened. You know, I was in high school. I was a sophomore, you know, yeah. and <clears throat> I was with my boyfriend and we were watching this and, you know, just was like, damn, like, this is why I love this sport, man. This is why I like this company because, you know, they were, it felt like they were there too, you know, supporting yeah. at the same time. And that for me, the overall message and the story and, and just Lillian in her own right, it just was such a iconic SmackDown moment for me. I'll I'll never forget that. I think as long as I live, you know, it's really, really, really weird about all of this right now. The time right now in Australia is nine 11. Oh, well, there you go. And we're we're talking about this. That is, you know, when stuff happens like that and you're like, Whoa, that's so weird. weird. Yeah. It's just, it's literally, it just clicked over as you were saying that sentence. It's like, wow. Um, well, but, I just got the chills a little bit. Okay. Yeah, Woo. like that's so – but that is a very iconic SmackDown moment. Regardless sure. of the stuff around it, that is – it will stand up wherever WWE heads in the next 20 years. That will always be a moment. I'm sure that will be a moment that they replay next week on SmackDown on Fox, you know, celebrating 20 years. That will be a moment sure. they talk about. And there's so many moments over the time of SmackDown that you just will never forget that comes always to mind. And the first SmackDown comes always to mind that you've, you kind of stated before and so many different things are just, just amazing. I mean, SmackDown live in its later years in the, you know, other run of the brand split. Um, we got to see the birth of people like Alexa bliss. And yeah. people like Becky Lynch, they won their first championships on SmackDown. Um, we got to see AJ Styles win his first WWE championship in that SmackDown time. I mean, even in the later years, SmackDown is still developing stars. And I hope that's what we get back to with this draft. 
I hope so too. I, I want to see it be successful. I want to see it kind of get back the magic of, of what it used to be. And I think that would be really, really special. And I, and I hope they do. We shall see. We too. We're always optimistic. We always want it to be the best, you know, yep. you know me, I know you, this is just how we, <laughs> we just love to talk about SmackDown's history is fun because, um, sometimes I always overlook SmackDown cause I was always, yep. Listen, as a kid, I was always just a raw person. I just me too, watched me too. raw all the time. And SmackDown was kind of like, okay, like it was there. And I certainly, as I got older, appreciate SmackDown way more than I used to. But going back over these times, it's like it brings back really fond memories of SmackDown. I'm sure there's way, way more that I still have. But this is a nice little collection of SmackDown moments yeah. in time. And it was just so match it. fun. I oh, love it. Oh, it really was. Um, but... Thank you, first and foremost, for being on and being my Kevin for the week. Um, <laughs> and it's been a minute. We were kind of chatting in DMs and stuff like that. It's been a minute since we've actually talked. <laughs> like, I know. Like, we talk all the time through DMs and, and whatever and on Twitter, but it's been a minute since we've actually done a podcast together. So it's been nice it to was... catch up with Queen. <laughs> it's been nice to catch up with you, Tashi, and thank you so much for having me on. I love talking to you. Of course. So we're going to go watch Raw soon. It's We're only about yeah. 15 minutes away. Um, got a cool little Raw happening. You guys would have already seen it by now, so this is completely irrelevant to you guys. But <laughs> Queen, um, if you're not following Queen on Twitter or wherever, where can we find you on the socials? Well, you can find me at the Queen of Any on Twitter and at X the Queen of Any on Instagram. And of course, you know, I'm here on every Wednesday on Brain Buster Radio, Queen's Court, hashtag Queen and Pope Connection with JPQ. Uh, and that's where you can find me, y'all. Come say hello. Yes, Queen has a fantastic show every single Wednesday here on Brain Buster Radio. We are just, oh, we're just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not like it's a, um, you know, any like landmarks in Brain Buster's time at the moment, we're just kind of rolling with it and finding, I think like it's taken a little minute to like get adjusted. You know, there's sure. always an adjustment period of starting something new and being a part of something new, but I feel like we're just on a nice little run at the moment where we're just kind of, everyone's knocking it out of the park. You know, I just was going to say the same thing. I'm like, I don't want to sound like a total braggadocious right now, but I oh, want to brag about our friends a little bit because I don't care about bragging. Shows... I'll brag all the fucking time. <laughs> yes, boo. Okay. Well, you know, it, our friends at Brainbuster Radio are putting out absolute banger shows. And it's so fun to see as we've, you know, moved through the network months <laughs> together what they've evolved into. And like, it's such a different experience each day on Brain Buster Radio. And that is like the coolest thing ever. And I just love it. <laughs> Me too. And to end this episode, it is airing on Friday, but today is my sister's birthday and she does Aww. listen to this show. So from past Josh, and you're listening to, you're listening to past Josh, but this is future Josh, but happy 20th birthday to my sister. She is a little jerk, but I love her to bits. <laughs> Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> she is she is currently on her way with her boyfriend. Um, they're having a nice little time away. They're going to look and go on a nice little, um, like, looking at some dolphins and stuff like that. So she's having a lovely day with her boyfriend. So I hope you have a wonderful – I hope you had a wonderful day because I'll still see you after this before you hear this. But you know what I mean, Shaylee. So <laughs> – <laughs> So cute. 
but she is my, I guess, my not so little sister. She's the, she's no longer a teenager. Oh gosh. It's so, it's like, I have a brother who's 30 and a sister who's 20 <laughs> and a little brother who's 10. So, I mean, I've got someone everywhere. <laughs> you really do. Look at yeah, you, Josh. Which, yeah, I know. <laughs> Crazy little family. Um, But thank you everyone for listening to this week's Wrestling Reverb. We'll see you next Friday. And I'm sure Kevin will be back next week. Um, But I'm sure me and Queen will chat again soon. <laughs> Peace out.